This morning, just for a few moments, I want to preach on a thought called, I'm dreaming of a right Christmas. R-I-G-H-T. Do I have any believers in the building who agrees with me? You want a right Christmas. All right. I'm dreaming of a right, R-I-G-H-T, Christmas. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to just get in your word this morning. We pray that everything that's said and done would bring you the glory. We won't fail to praise you for it. And everyone said a great big amen. Let me ask you a question this morning. What does Christmas mean to you? To some people, Christmas means hard work. It means that stores are crowded. They're crowded with shoppers. The post office is overflowing with mail. Trains, buses, airplanes are carrying record number attendance. To some people, if you ask them, what does Christmas mean to you? They would simply say, it, it just means hard work. To some people, Christmas means a visit home. And certainly, visiting home during this holiday season is, is, is great. It's one of the best times of the year to visit family and friends and to be with family and friends. So if you had asked somebody, what does Christmas mean to them? Some would say, well, it's hard work. Some would say it's a visit home. To some say it would, it's a sad memory. It's, it's not good. Because they look back on their life and they see some loved ones who have passed on. And that creates a little bit of sadness. They wish they could be with their family or friends. Or maybe there are some last words they forgot to say to somebody. So Christmas is a sad memory to some folks. But you know, ladies and gentlemen, to some people, Christmas means absolutely nothing to some folks. It means nothing to some folks. And do you know why I believe it means nothing to some folks? Is because they don't know Jesus. And certainly they don't know what it means to celebrate Christmas. To them, it's just really just another day. To them, it's just a paid holiday or a day to sleep in. But I believe that if you are a Christian this morning or you believe in Jesus this morning, then Christmas means more than just hard work. It means more than just a visit home or a paid holiday. If you are a Christian this morning, if you are a believer this morning, then Christmas means that God loves you with all of His heart. It means that God has regarded your lost condition and He has done something about it. It means that God has given His best Christmas gift He could ever give. It means, if you are a Christian, it means a Savior is born. Born to set us an example with His life. Born to die for our sins. Born to be raised for our justification. Born to be raised on high and make intercession for His church. Born to give us a hope of His coming and to gather all believers unto Himself. If you are a believer this morning, then Christmas means everything. It means that you have a companion for life. It means that you have a friend in the hour of death. And it means that you have a loving brother for all eternity if you are a Christian. For years we've heard the song, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. 
And certainly sometimes here in Joplin we get a white Christmas, but not often. And so we've heard of that song for many, many years, but this morning I want you to reevaluate it and I want us to take out the word white and I want you to insert the word right because I believe as believers we need to have a right Christmas. And I believe that there are certain things about Christmas that it's important that we get. And there are certain things about Christmas that if you're going to have a right Christmas, you've got to make sure you have. And so number one, if you're going to have a right Christmas, you've got to make sure that you've got to make room for Jesus. Everybody shout, I've got to make room for Jesus. Come on, shout it out. I've got to make room for Jesus. A right Christmas means that I make room for Jesus. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the, the Mary and Joseph came to the innkeeper in Matthew chapter 2, or, or Matthew chapter 2, and they came to the innkeeper, and the innkeeper said to Mary and Joseph that he had no room for them. Now get that. The innkeeper said he had no room for Jesus. Now you know and I know that the innkeeper didn't realize the significance of that child. But he said to Mary and Joseph, he had no room for Jesus. You see, ladies and gentlemen, I believe the innkeeper missed Christmas that day. He missed the true meaning of Christmas that day. The innkeeper had many guests in his room. The innkeeper had many people who stayed at his hotel. Throughout the years, the innkeeper had many, many people who stayed at his hotel. But that day, he missed Christmas and he missed the baby that was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He missed the baby that was the ever-present help in the time of trouble. He missed the baby that the Scripture foretold that at His name every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He is Lord to the glory of the Father. He missed Christmas. He missed that baby. He missed the baby that the prophet said He would be called Wonderful and Counselor and Mighty God. He missed Christmas. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe there are thousands of people today who is like the innkeeper. They have missed Jesus. They are like the innkeeper. And they say to Jesus, I have no room for you. I have no room for you. And yet, Jesus stands at the door of our heart and He knocks. And we put up a sign that says no vacancy. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we too are like the innkeeper. Sometimes in our life, we don't make room for Jesus. Sometimes we, we, we shove Jesus to the side. Sometimes we, our lives are so filled with the things of this world, we don't have time for Jesus. We're just like the innkeeper. I don't have time for you. And yet the innkeeper had many, many people who stayed at his hotel. Throughout the years, he had many people who stayed at his hotel. But that day, when Mary and Joseph requested a room, he turned them away, and he didn't even realize the significance of what he was doing. And could it be that many people today don't realize what they're doing? They don't realize by you saying no to Jesus that you're missing out. You don't realize by you saying no to Jesus that you're missing out of one of the greatest gifts that you could ever experience in your life. Our lives are so filled with the love of this world 
We're so filled with the pride of the life and ambitious pursuits and the love of money and relationships and selfish agendas. Sometimes we don't have time for Jesus. We don't have time for church. And we don't have have time for godly relationships. We don't have time to cultivate a relationship with God. Ladies and gentlemen, let's not be like the innkeeper. Let's not be like the innkeeper, but let's open the door of our heart and let's invite Jesus in. I said let's invite Jesus in, and I promise you today, if you invite Jesus in, then He will satisfy you like no other could ever satisfy you. Open your heart up and invite Jesus in, and could you kick everybody else out and let Jesus come into the heart of your hotel? You see... A right Christmas involves making room for Jesus. Let me say this, and let me say it loud and clear. When you say that there's no room for Jesus, when you say that there's no room for Jesus, it's kind of like an engine saying that he has no room for steam. It's kind of like a tree saying there's no room for sap. It's kind of like an ocean saying it has no room for the tide. It's like the heavens saying that there's no room for the stars. It's like the garden saying that there's no room for flowers. When you say you have no room for Jesus, then in essence you are saying that you're not important to me. I don't value you. Let's open our heart at this Christmas season and let's invite Jesus in. Let's make room for Him in our families. Let's make room for Him in our life. A right Christmas involves making room for Jesus. Number two, a right Christmas not only involves making room for Jesus, but a right Christmas involves the wonder of worship. The wonder of worship. Listen to Pastor Josh. The Christmas story is clear that when Mary and Joseph, um, in the Christmas story, something spectacular happened in the story. The Bible says, that before he was born, that the heavens opened up and an angel came down to speak to a bunch of shepherds on a Judean hillside. And this is what the angel said to those shepherds. And I quote, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. For you will find this baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Now the Bible says, Those shepherds, after they heard that glorious message from the angels, the Bible says those shepherds ran with haste and they worshipped the Christ child. They worshipped Him. They heard the message and they worshipped. They worshipped Him. And yet, ladies and gentlemen, many people think that worship is confined to an hour or two on Sunday morning. That we think that somehow... We've done our religious duty by attending a religious service, and we call that worship. You drive through the city of Joplin, and you can look on hundreds of church signs, and it will say, morning worship, evening worship. We somehow think that worship is confined to a Sunday morning thing. And granted, this is worship, But worship is much deeper than just gathering together on a few hours on Sunday morning. Worship is how I live my life. Worship is what I do every day. And yet, Christmas is about worship. Those shepherds, they heard the message and they worshiped. They didn't worship in a temple. They didn't worship in a church. 
They instantly heard the message and they worshipped. They worshipped. And yet there are some Christians today who don't worship. They go about their lives never thanking God for anything. They go about their daily routine never stopping to think about the glorious message of Christmas. You see, we have to worship. We have to take a time and stop and worship the heathen and the pagan will look up into the sun and they'll worship the sun. The heathen and the pagan will shave their head and wear robes, eat certain foods just to appease their gods. The puppy will look in the face of its master and worship. A baby will look in the face of its mother and worship. And yet God's children who is blessed in so many ways during this Christmas season. Sometimes we never take a moment and look to heaven and say, God, I thank you for the things I have and the things I do not even see that I'm blessed with. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my health. I thank you for my job. I thank you for my right mind. I thank you that you woke me up this morning and I was able to get to the house of God. I want to wave my hand this morning and say, God, I thank you and I give you praise and I give you honor and I give you glory. Sometimes we got to just take a few moments and think about the wonder of worship. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 18, the angels showed up, said, Glory to God in the highest. Those shepherds ran with haste. The Bible says, verse 18, Luke 2, 18, look at it. Luke chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says, When these shepherds heard the message, The Bible says in verse number 18 that they marveled at these things which was told to them by the shepherds. You you hear what it said? The angels told the message to the shepherds and the shepherds marveled as they ran to worship. Marveled is the word for wonder. Amazement. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm convinced that sometimes we become so familiar with church, church lingo, that we forgot how to wonder sometimes. We have forgotten to marvel at times. We've taken the mystery out of Christianity because we want to try to figure everything out about God. But you see, the wonder of worship is that sometimes there's a mystery to God that you can't figure out. And sometimes you've got to be like Mary in verse number 19, Luke 2, 19. The shepherds marveled, but yet Mary kept these things in her heart and she pondered them. You see, sometimes at this Christmas season, you can't figure everything out about God. Sometimes life is hard and life has some hard situations that you have to scratch your head and try to figure out how did that happen and why did that happen and I thought this or I thought that. But you see, Christmas is about mystery. It's about marvel. It's about wonder. It's I can't figure it out. It doesn't make sense. Sometimes it don't make sense. i just got to ponder it. i got to marvel. Think about it.
Amen. Amen. You got to wonder about it. One preacher said it like this. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need was money, God would send us economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, then God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. God sent us a Savior. You see, I don't understand how a brown cow can eat green grass and produce white milk. I don't understand how my black heart can be dipped in red blood and it can turn out as white as snow. But that is the wonder of Christmas. That's the amazement that it doesn't make sense, but I believe it. It's been said that Longfeller could take a worthless sheet of paper and write a poem on it, and it'd be worth over $6,000. Trump could sign a name to a check. It could be worth billions of dollars. An artist could take a cheap piece of canvas, paint a picture on it, and it could be worth thousands of dollars. But God can take a worthless, sinful life, rejected, take it, wash it in His blood, fill it with His Spirit, and He could use you so you can turn the world upside down. That is the God that we serve. Let's not forget the wonder of Christmas. Let's not forget the wonder of worship. A man was dying. A few years ago, a pastor told of a true story of a man in a congregation who had cancer in his tongue. The doctor had treated his tongue for multiple, uh, multiple medicines to try to cure the cancer. But lastly, the doctor said, the only thing that I could do is to take your tongue out. Because if not, it's going to spread to your face and to your brain. So they took the man into surgery. His very last opportunity for him to ever say anything to another human. His pastor was standing there. His wife was standing there. His mother and his brother and sister was standing there. The pastor said to the man who was going to have the surgery in his mouth. He said, Sir, is there anything that you want to say before I pray for you? Is there anything verbally you want to say? Your last words. He lifted up his hands and he quoted that saint in the third century. He said, I've served Jesus all my life. He's never done me wrong. Praise be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost throughout all eternity. You see, ladies and gentlemen, that teaches us that praise is not about what's on your tongue. Praise is what's in your heart. I said praise is what's in your heart. For whatever is in a man's heart, the mouth will speak. How do I have a right Christmas? A right Christmas means I make room for Jesus. 
It means that I've got to stop and worship. It means, number three, and in closing, it means there is the grace of giving. You see, Christmas is about giving, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, it's about giving. And who don't like, I mean, who don't like presents? I mean, we all like gifts. We all like to give gifts. I love to give gifts. I, I just love to see people's expression and I love to see what they, you know, I just love it. It's, it's just like a spiritual high, generosity. Love to bless people. Bring, a, bring light into somebody's life. Christmas is about the grace of giving, and you know the Christmas story is about giving because you had those three wise men. Those three wise men, the Bible says, came from afar, did they not? And the Bible says they came and they begin to give their gifts. Now, isn't it interesting that the Bible says there are three wise men and not wise women? Because you all know if it was women, it wouldn't have took them two years to get to the stable. They would have stopped and got directions a long time ago. And you know if it was women, they sure wouldn't have been bringing gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They would have brought a casserole. Come on, somebody. They would have brought some diapers. They would have brought some formula. Come on. But the story tells us there are three wise men. No wonder it took them several years to get there. But we'll give them credit anyway. Amen? We'll give them credit. These three wise men came from afar, and they got to the house. And what did they do? They gave of their gold, their frankincense, and their myrrh. Each gift represented something. Did you know that? When they presented their gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gold represent kingly. It represent kingship. Frankincense represented a prophet. The myrrh represented a priest. What those wise men did not know, they didn't know what they were doing, their gifts signified who Jesus was. And isn't that what we do when we give? When we give out of our heart, whether it's our worship, whether it's our time or our resources, it's really saying, Jesus, this is who you are to me. When I serve, I, I serve because you are a servant. When, when, when I give of my time and resources, I acknowledge that you gave your time. Those wise men gave of their gifts, but they didn't realize the gifts represented who Jesus was. A prophet, a priest, a king. You see, Jesus is a priest in heaven. You know that. He is. Moses got the tabernacle to make on earth from heaven. Jesus is a priest. He took His blood to heaven. He's a priest. He came as a prophet to show us the way and one day, ladies and gentlemen, He will be King of kings and Lord of lords, and you and I will be there at the crowning ceremony. He is prophet. He is priest. He is king. They gave of their gifts. And isn't it amazing that when you give your gifts to the Lord, it will drown out the smell of the manger. Some of us get so caught up with the stink of life that we can't get past the stink of life. Well, I'll tell you the solution and the remedy for the stink of life. Keep giving in the midst of the stink of life. Keep giving your best. 
Keep giving your gold and your frankincense and your myrrh. Even when I'm hurt, keep giving. Even when I don't understand, keep giving. Even when people get on my nerves, I'm going to keep giving. Even when church people hurt me, I'm going to keep giving. I'm going to keep giving so I don't smell the stink of the manger. Give your best. Uh, What are you giving to the Lord? Are you giving of your time, your talent, your resources, yourself? It's not too much, ladies and gentlemen, to give something to the, the Lord. The Lord Himself gave everything for us on Calvary. Look at the cross behind me. This cross is the symbol of Christianity. 2.3 billion people claim Him as, as Lord. 2.3 billion. They either claim Him as Lord or follow His teachings. That's one-third of the population of planet Earth. All throughout this world, this week, this week, multitudes of billions of Christians will be commemorating the birth of their Savior. I love that because we're making some noise on Earth this week. I said we're making some noise on Earth this week. We're letting everybody know that we're still here, Brother Diltz. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We're going to make noise this week. We're going to make noise this week. Jesus gave his everything. And I'm asking you, would you give something? It's Christmas. It's Christmas, isn't it? You remember that song, O Holy Night, that last stanza, the world was in error pining till He appeared. And that's the Christmas message. Error pining means wasting away. The world was wasting away till He appeared. It's a holy night. It's Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. So that's why we can rejoice. You know why we can rejoice? Because He has delivered us from the slavery of the evil one. He has crushed the head of sin and shame. He has bruised the head of the serpent. He has raised us up on high. It's Christmas time. It is the story of redemption, hope, peace. He told told the shepherds, be of good courage, for I bring you great tidings of great joy that shall be in all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's Christmas. God has become one of us. The greatest mystery ever known to the human race. It's a mystery. It's the wonder of worship. God left His throne, wrapped Himself in mortal flesh, was born of a virgin. That's mystery. How can God and man be one person? How can God take on flesh and be one man? How, how can that be? 
Because God has always been trying to get to His people. God's been always trying to demonstrate to His people. That's the story. In the Ark of the Covenant, God protected us. In the temple, God would sanctify His people. In the lion's den, God would intervene for His people. In the fiery furnace, God stood with His people. In the preaching of prophets, God would fight for His people and rescue His people and revive His people. But in the Christmas story, He decided to come and be with us. To come and walk with us. He is God. He is man. All in one person. Pastor Diltz, He's man because He can sleep in the boat as a man. But as God, He can get up and calm the winds and the waves. As man, He could weep at the tomb of a dead man. But as God, He can raise that four-day dead body up out of the ground. As man, He gets hungry, because I'm hungry. (laughs) But as God, He can multiply the loaf and the fish. As man, He dies on a wooden cross. But as God, He resurrects Himself on the third day. He is God and man. It is no wonder the song says, Mary, did you know? Did you know, Mary? That the baby that you were holding was getting ready to change the world? If she could come back, if those shepherds could come back, if Mary could come back and Joseph could come back, if they could just sit down tonight at the banquet table with all of us as we eat, I would just love to know, what were you thinking? What was going through your head as you were running through the Judean hills looking for a baby? Mary, what was going through your head as you were holding that baby on that Christmas morning? Did you really understand the significance of what was going on? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have anything spectacular to tell you, but I do want to tell you today that it's time for us to have a right Christmas. We may not have snow on Christmas, but that's all right. But I pray that this church and your family has a right Christmas. And I'm asking you, would you listen to my heart? I'm asking you, would you put Jesus in your life again? Would you take a moment and worship Him? Would you take a moment and don't let the stink of this world stop your generous heart? I introduce to you the greatest man who's ever lived And I stand before you because I was changed as a little boy to love Him, to adore Him, to give my life to Him. He is the greatest man in history. He had no servants, but they call Him Master. He had no degrees on the wall, and yet they call Him Teacher. He had no medicine, And yet they call him the great physician. 
He had no armies. Yet the kings of the world fear Him. He's never won a military victory. And yet He has conquered more devils than any person who's ever had. He has committed no crime. And yet they crucified Him. He was buried in a tomb. And yet He lives today. This baby of Bethlehem is not a baby any longer. I said He's not a baby any longer. He is the Son of God. He is the Prince of peace. He is El Shaddai. He is mighty God, counselor, and wonderful. He is the root of David. He is the will in the middle of the will. He is the great I am. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. It is Christmas time. Let us raise our voices. Let us raise our hands and acknowledge that the baby that was born in Bethlehem one day will split the eastern sky, set out on a cloud, and receive us unto himself that where he is, there I may be also. Merry Christmas. Somebody stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise. <laughs>